just be continuing from last week's lesson. So if anyone wasn't here last week, um, that is on the computer, you can go and just listen to it. We spoke from Ephesians chapter 3 where God was just inviting us to go deeper. The whole chapter is God saying to us where Paul writes about unsearchable riches. Why would you search for something that is unsearchable? It's just God opening himself and more revelation to and for us. Thank you so much, Jay. So we'll just carry on today. Even during worship, um, Daniel was singing at one stage. He's knocking at the the door of your heart. And that scripture was used on me before I got saved over and over again. So many times he's knocking on your heart. Open up, open up, get saved, allow him to come in. And then when I did get saved and I started reading the Bible, I realized that's actually talking to the church. It's in the book of Revelation. It's not for unbelievers. It's for people who are in the church. Jesus is talking to churches. And that's a scary thought, that Jesus is standing on the outside of the church, knocking on the door saying, please let me in. It's not for unbelievers, it's churches. So that's exactly what we're talking about today. There's that invitation of, I'm knocking on your door to go deeper. I'm knocking on your door to give you more. Are you willing to open to the more that I have for you? Are you willing to receive me to come in and give you more than what you have now? Because Ephesians 3, what we read last week, he is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, beyond what we can ask, think, imagine, depends on what translation you're reading. So he's there, he's knocking. Open, are you willing? How deep are you really willing to go in me? Because my love never ends. You can't reach the highest of highs, the deepest of deep. And the width of my love, it just gets bigger and bigger and bigger. So how far are you really willing to go? And he's knocking. So we're going to look at that today. Um, probably about a year ago, just less than a year, because Nathan was, he just turned three. One Sunday afternoon, just like this, we went home after a service, just did the normal family stuff, went inside, and the next thing I hear Tiffany screaming this loud, blood-chilling scream, Nathan, what are you doing? And I'm thinking, oh my goodness, that's like a mommy crying when the child runs into the street in front of a car, something like that. It, it's, I've, I have never heard my dear sweet wife scream like that before. And I knew something is, this, this is bad. So I come downstairs, I rush outside to find out what's happening. It, pandemonium broke out in the Skitter household once again. So what happened was, Nathan took off his pants and popped a squat in our front yard. <laughs> so Tiffany is in the inside of the house watching Nathan doing his business on the front lawn. And she is absolutely going ape. And she's screaming at the top of her lungs and it obviously flusters him. He doesn't know what's going on. He's in trouble now. He starts screaming back. It's chaos. Pandemonium. 
So, now, how do you handle this? So I come running down. I'm thinking, this is, man, this, there's blood somewhere. This is bad. Come down, like, what happened? What happened? Nathan and Tiffany's explaining what happened. And I'm thinking to myself, this is just me. Way to go, boy. I'm proud of him. Why would you? He's three years old. He doesn't have the revelation about every time you go to the bathroom, there's paperwork to be done. You go over there. This needs to be done. All he knows right now at three is do not do it in your pants. There's a lesson behind this. <laughs> That's the only revelation he can handle now at three years old. So I call my wife. We need now a family meeting because, first of all, we need to calm down. And now she and I need to get on the same page. Very, very important because when she and I speak, we must speak as one. We have one voice. There's one rule. What I say goes for her. What she says goes for me. Because otherwise it creates confusion. God is not the author of confusion. So he has to learn through his mom and dad that when one says one, the other one says exactly the same. There's no difference. I can't go and say to the one, can I have a sweet? And one says, no, you can't. And he goes to the other one and says, can I have a sweet? And they say, yes, because then he can start manipulating so there's one word that comes from mom and comes from dad, the same. So I called Tiffany. I said, okay, listen, my love. First of all, I'm probably to blame for this. It's probably my fault. I'll take the blame. When we in the backyard and Nathan needs to go to make a pee-pee, I just say, there's a tree. Because I'm not going to go inside, open the screen door, take off the shoes, go to the bathroom, do everything, wash hands, get ready, go outside, put on the shoes, open the door, close the screen door outside, just for 20 minutes later to do the same exercise again. So we're going to play outside for an hour or two hours, do everything you need to go, and then we will go in and we'll do all of that once. So, blame me. So now we're on the same page. So we call Nathan and we say... You know, well done, you didn't, you know, you listened. You, all you have revelation for is when you need to go, go. And he did it. So now he sees that he's calmed down, we've all calmed down, we've got our bearings now, and we're moving in the right direction once again as a family. But he can only receive revelation to the manner that he's able to understand it. And he had that revelation, that much, and he did what he knew. So he actually did very, very well. So it was good. So what happens now is when Tiffany and I come, and this is a big thing, you know, when I was in Taiwan, I heard many, many people say, because while teaching English there, there are people from all over the world. And I would try and talk to them about Jesus, and they would say to me, I grew up in a Christian home. Don't tell me anything about God. And they are so far from God, 
yet they grew up in a Christian home. I hear it all the time. I hear talk shows on the, on the radio where parents are so scared because their kids go to university and they come back believing in nothing. There is no God. And they'll say, I grew up in a Christian home. Now, my question is, what does it mean to grow up in a Christian home? Well, we went to church. Well, the devil goes to church every Sunday. It doesn't make him a Christian. He's here trying to get into people's business, trying to cause strife, trying to get people angry. He doesn't miss a service. Going to church doesn't make you a Christian. But we had five Bibles in our house. That doesn't make you a Christian. And you would hear the stories about, I grew up in a Christian home, but there were affairs, the mom and dad were fighting, there was strife in the house, there were, there were just things going on that should not happen in a Christian's home. So to, 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 to make a statement such as, I grew up in a Christian home, well, did you see Christianity lived out? Or were you just by word a Christian home? Did you go to church every Sunday because you had to? It was your duty? We're religious? Or did you go because, man, God is there? He's everywhere, but man, he shows up there and we can bring our gifts and talents and bless other people. We can go and we can sow and we can give. We can be a blessing to others. Is that the reason you went to church? So we try to teach all of this stuff to Nathan as well, that when he leaves the house for whatever reason and he says, I grew up in a Christian home, no lecturer, no news documentary, no newspaper, no young person, no liberal teacher will be able to look him in the eyes and say, you know what, the Bible doesn't work. Because he'll be able to say, no, 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 let me tell you, I have seen the Bible in action. And had it be over a silly incident at home where my mom and dad had to come to an agreement, but when they spoke, they spoke as one. Because now things change as times go on. People's feelings change. People's point of view change. Well, we don't believe in this, but now that people think this is fashionable, maybe it's a good thing. We'll believe in this. Vote for me. And when he comes to the point where he knows that the Father, Son, and Holy Ghost say exactly the same thing, there's not one saying one thing, another saying another, and then one saying, well, we just feel time has changed and we should be doing this. That doesn't work. He knows. Mom says this. Dad says this. So in other words, where do they get that from? They get that from God. So if the Word says this, that means the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit say exactly the same thing. And that's what we're trying to teach him through little incidents like this. But the revelation that he can receive is only the revelation that we expect him to walk out. So, so many people are looking for revelation And God in many instances is not giving revelation. Why not? It's the mercy and goodness of God that is not just handing out revelation left, right and center. Because in his goodness, he looks for people who are mature enough to receive the revelation. Because once you have received that revelation, you have to walk in it. He's not just going to give you something and say, well, let's see how you handle it. And then when you make a mistake or don't do it right, say, well, you knew that. Now you're going to be held responsible. 
So revelation knowledge, because we're always looking for that revelation. We always want more. We're always praying for the deeper and the more. And God in his goodness, this is the whole invitation thing. This is God saying, there is so much revelation. There is so much knowledge. I have so much for you. But I'm only going to give you what I know you will obey and what you are mature enough to carry. And therefore, when you press in and you feel the revelation is not there, because you see, we always, all of us are looking for the next big thing. More revelation, more wisdom, more knowledge. Well, if you know 1 Corinthians 13 and how love acts, how love walks, how love does not take account of things done wrong to it, and you talking about your brother and sister behind their back while in the next instance praying for more revelation? What are you doing with the revelation that you already have? Why do you need to get more revelation if you're not living the revelation that you have? So walk out the smallest little bit of revelation that you have. Do that And then you can go to the next. But stop crying out for the next and where's God and I'm looking and I'm not hearing anything. Meanwhile, the last revelation that we received, we're not walking in. That makes sense? Of course, so many times he has the next, he wants, but he's inviting us deeper to say, I've already given you this. And when you do this properly and you obey and you walk in this to the fullness of the knowledge that you have, then I know you can go to the next. But I'm not going to hold you accountable and give you something that I know might just get you in trouble because you're not going to walk in that. So it's the goodness and the kindness of God that we need to press in to receive the more. Okay. Like Nathan, I have an amazing, I'm blessed by God, a very, very, I don't know if you can say beautiful, but I have a beautiful motorbike. And Nathan wants to ride the motorbike. And he'll cry and he'll scream and he'll get upset when I get and I'll go. And he wants to ride. But you know what? I'm not going to give him the revelation of an 800-pound bike and say, okay, let's see how you do with this. Because when he injures himself with that, who gave him the keys? Me. I know he can't handle it right now. It doesn't matter how much he screams. It doesn't matter how much he cries. It doesn't matter how much he bawls. It doesn't matter how. It can go on and on and on and on. I'm not giving you the revelation of this bike. Because you cannot handle it. You know what? He's got a little four-wheeler. And we're teaching him. I want him to ride the 800-pound bike. I want to go riding with him one day. That's something that we can do together. But for now, start with this little two-kilogram, four-wheeler, little push motorcycle. And when he got that, even that was too big for him. But he's learned and he's matured into that where he can now stand on the, on the, on the seat and ride and make it flip. So he's now ready for the next level of bike. But God is not going to give us a revelation of something that he knows will bring damage to us and something that is going to hurt us. And therefore, 
many, many times. We're asking and crying out and kicking and screaming, but our loving Heavenly Father, out of His care for us, just says, <laughs> man, you can kick until there is no more water in your body. You can cry me a river. But you, my son, my daughter, are not ready to handle it. Therefore, out of my goodness, I'm not going to give this to you. It's not that I don't want. I'm training you. I want everything that I have. Every bit of my wisdom I want you to have. Every bit of my power I want you to have. But then you can't go and speak about people like that with your words that should heal and bring confirmation to people about who they are. So let's fix the last revelation that you received and work on that one before you can get the next. And man, we're receiving revelation here. Week after week. We've had Joaquin, we've had Bill Bennett, we've had Pastor Doug. Man, God is just pouring out so much into us week after week. Let's not become a people that hear this amazing stuff and leave and say, okay, what's next, Lord? Let's take what we have and say, okay, I've received this. Now help me to walk it out. And then when I know how to handle this and I'm doing this well, okay, now let's go from, and I said this well, maybe two, three years ago, 1 Corinthians 3, we go from glory to glory. We don't go from mess to glory. And many people are living in a mess trying to go to glory. But if you make the level that you are glorious, doesn't matter if it's level 10 or level 1. That's not God's looking at you. Well, you know more than him. You know more. Each of us, he meets us where we are. He gets us on our level and he says, okay, let me grow you from here. I want you to go to level 10 if 10 is the highest. But if you are level 2, let's start at 2. And now we're going for three. And when you've made three glorious with what you know, now you go up to four. But many of us are at level three crying, ten, give me ten, give me the people, let me preach, give me the churches, come on, fill up. And God's like, if you can't preach to five people in a life group, and you want to preach to five thousand in a church, there's something wrong with that. Your level, glory to glory. That's the invitation. He's not hiding the stuff from us, not wanting to get it to us. Which loving mom and dad here doesn't want their kids to have everything that is good, that is right, because of your love and you want to bless them. Where do we get that from? Abba. That's a part of us that we carry as parents that we get from him. So that will make Ah, why is it not happening? Maybe just a little easier. Maybe I'm not walking out that which I already have. And when I do that well, he can bless me with the rest. So. Um, let's turn to Proverbs 25, verse 2. It is the glory of God to conceal a matter, 
but the glory of kings is to search out a matter. God is hiding things for you and I. He's not hiding stuff so that we can't get it. He's hiding it so that other people, the enemy can't come and take that which he has for us. He's hiding it for us, not from us. Okay? There are things that God has for us that he wants us to have that he's not just handing out and giving. And this is the invitation once again. That he says, I have so much. There's so much in me that is in me, but you need to come in me and walk and talk and breathe and live like me before you can have this. It's yours. It's freely available. It's ready. It's paid for. It's yours. So come and get it. But he's not just going to hand it out freely to everybody and to everything. Because how many times have we seen people, unfortunately, they were Christians for a month. And then I tried that faith stuff and it didn't work. You can't just hand revelation out to someone like that who when the first little trial or tribulation came, they said, well, I thought the Bible says that stuff doesn't work. I grew up in a Christian home. My parents uh, didn't work. So he, it's the glory of God to conceal a matter. There's so many things in here, but I mean, God is just so glorious. He answers to nobody. He doesn't have to tell anyone how the universe works. He doesn't have to tell anyone how many uh, Milky Ways or planets there are outside of ours. Scientists are looking and they're discovering and they're finding more, but he knows. And he doesn't have to tell anyone. He doesn't have to explain to anyone how gravity works. He just made it work. If you go through the book of Job, you know, Isaiah holds the, the earth in a span of his hand. I mean, that's God. That's his glory. Who does he need to tell anything to? That's God. He's God. Why does he need to share? He doesn't. doesn't have to explain himself to nobody. That's his glory. And he can conceal whatsoever he wants. You can read one verse in the Bible and you can get a trillion revelations in one day if God so chose to give it to you. That's his glory. He can do that. You, you can read and so be God so and so be God so and so be God so and the anointing of healing will be on those verses just the same as by his stripes we were healed. That's his glory. He's God. And he can do that. But now, talking about us, it goes on and says, but it's the glory of kings to search out a matter. How deep do you want to go? How far are you willing to search? Or do you go for a while, don't get it and say, well, that's, sorry, too hard, too difficult, I've tried, I've fasted, it didn't work, didn't get, must not be God's will. And then we stop. That's not what that verse is saying. We, as his children, we have the right. It's our glory. We spoke about God's glory. Now it's our glory because he allows us to go into the Father and search the deep things of his heart and look into everything. That's our glory. When people say there's no cure for this disease, there's no financial help for you here, our glory is to go in him and pull that out. That's our glory as children of God. As kings. But 
the difference between this, when this was written, we must understand this as well. This is Solomon writing. So when he writes about a king, he's talking about David, Jehoshaphat, all of these guys. The context for you and I today is very, very different when we read this verse. So it was the glory for kings to search out a matter. In other words, David had to search out a matter. How shall we attack this army? How many people do we have? How am I fair to rule and reign over my people very well? That's what a king did in the Old Testament. Today, if we go to Revelations 1.6. And he, thank you, has made us kings and priests. That's you and I. New covenant, grace. Very different from this in Proverbs, what a king used to do in the old covenant and what we have today. Because you and I have been made by him. He chose to make us. That's our glory. To be a king and a priest to his God and Father. And in the old covenant, only certain people could do that. And in this new covenant of grace, every single day we can go into him and minister. That's our glory today in that verse that we've just read. Don't need anyone to go and make a sacrifice. I can just go right where I am if I've slipped up and say, Father, man, forgive me. Thank you that I'm righteous and thank you for your blood. Don't need to go kill an animal, bring blood, do all of these things. It's my glory as a child of God because of his grace and his revelation of who I am today to be able to live as a priest unto him and a king to him this very day. And because of that, I can search out any matter which I want. And he's not hiding the answer from me. He's hiding it for me. So there's a difference in that verse, what Solomon wrote and how we read it today. If we go to Revelation, the other one, um, 19 verse 16, I believe it is. And he has on his robe and on his thigh a name written, King of Kings and Lord of Lords. Who are the kings that he is king of? You and I. Who are the lords that he is lord of? You and I. Do you act like a king? Do you think like a king? Or does your mind need renewing? When you're not going to be able to pay the light bill at the end of the month, when the school bill comes, when do you think like a pauper? Or do you think like a king? Because he is the king of kings. So if he is the king of your king, you and I need to think like a king. And a king doesn't think of how we're going to pay the lights at the end of the month. So we can now, according to the words we just read, it's the glory of kings to search out a matter. We can go and say, thank you that I'm a king every one of my needs, every single, a king doesn't wring his hands and worry about how he's going to feed the horses in his army. That's not his business. He gets people to do that. It should not be our worry either. There should not be a worry because he is the king of kings. I'm a king, a landlord. What is a landlord? If you are renting, what does a landlord do? A landlord comes to you and tells you, this is what you're going to pay. This is when you're going to pay. This is what color you can paint the house. This is what you can do with the grass. These are the trees you're allowed to plant, and you obey. 
if you don't obey by their words, they're not going to rent the house. It's as simple as that. Why? Because they're the landlord. So you are the Lord of whom he is the Lord of. So why should we, given this position and this authority, be going around and asking the world, can we do this, can we do this, when we are the landlords of the earth? Do we think that way? Or do we just go back to what we used to think before we were saved? Or That's impossible, that's too big, why me? We need to renew the mind. If you're not doing anything on a Sunday morning, 9 o'clock, we're doing the renewing of the mind. It is amazing. Really, it is really, really good. Come out for that, please. So Proverbs 25, 2. It is the glory of God to conceal a matter, but the glory of kings. And we today are those kings. We are the priests. In the Old Testament, only a certain people could go and talk to and talk with God. I mean, just, just think of the, the, the privilege that you and I have, just to come like this here today without washing outside by the door when you came in, without killing an animal, without having people do things so that you were allowed to come into the presence of God. And today you are the priest and the king. What an honor that we can come in and say, here I am, your priest, your king. We worship, we praise, we bless you as a priest in his house. Wow. Those people, some of the prophets, they saw what we have today and they looked with amazement, but they didn't live in it. They just saw it and they said, this is one day there will be a people and we are those people. We are what they saw and longed for. Let's not take that for granted. Let's not come into this amazing sanctuary week after week after week and the presence is here knowing that, man, There's a people that wished they could have what we have, but they didn't live to see the day. We are those kings. We are those priests that can do that. So it's an invitation that God says. He says, man, I've got so much concealed in me. That's my glory because I'm God. But man, you can search out anything you want. It's your right. That's your glory. It's your right to say, I don't want. That's enough. And he will protect. You know, he went to, to Hades. He went to that cross to die, to protect your free will. So that you can choose whatsoever you and I want. And nothing, not even him, is going to stand in the way of your freedom of choice. If you choose to reject him and say, I want to go to hell, do you know what? That he will with everything protect your right to be able to do just what you want. That's how much that he paid for. That's how great that sacrifice was. So that we can choose today to say, you know, by your grace, I'm going to go deeper. It may be hard. It may be difficult. Man, I may not be walking this love walk the way I should, but by your grace, I know I can change. Look how you've changed me already from where I was five years ago. Look at what I used to think all the time, what I used to say all the time, and look at me today. How did that happen? By his grace. Grace alone. So how can I get the next revelation if I know I'm not walking in love the way I should? 
by his grace, by me saying yes to the invitation, I'm going to, ta- I'm going to go deeper so that you can conceal and show to me the root of whatever I'm walking in. Why is that there? That's my glory to find out. And he wants us to have that. He's readily made it available through his Holy Spirit. He's inviting us. Right. Psalms 24, verse 7 to 10. Lift up your heads, O you gates. That doesn't make sense. This is what we said last week. Unsearchable riches, why look? If he knows the numbers of hairs on your head, but he can turn around and say, depart from me because I never knew you, how? That doesn't make sense. Lift up your heads, O you gates. Who has seen gates with heads on? Real heads? People's heads on gates? Only one. That's just, you don't see that. So what is he talking about here? What is he saying? This is not just something that doesn't make sense. And when you do that, be lifted up, you everlasting doors, and the king of glory shall come in. So many meanings behind gates and doors, but you and I are the gates and doors that it's talking about. We are the gate and the door from the heavenly realm into the earthly realm. From the unseen into the seen. From the invisible into the visible. It comes through you and I. We are the gate. So we need to open up. What happens when we open up? Lift up your heads. That's a choice. That's a choice. That's where you can say, I choose. Because there is so much muck going on around this level now. And it's very, very easy, if you don't keep your eyes where they should be, to be caught in this muck and be caught up in it to the point where that is all you see. So now he opens himself and he says, okay, lift up your heads. So now we can say, I choose to do that. I receive this invitation. I'm going to lift up my vision. I'm going to look unto Christ, the author and finisher of my faith. I'm going to do this. I choose to do that. Well, you've got this and this and this is happening. I know, but I choose. Have you lost your mind? Don't you understand? Why don't you worry about this? I know about that, but I choose. It's a choice. So he goes on. Lift up your heads, O you gates. And what will happen when you do that? Be Lifted up. You want to be lifted up? Lift up your head. You want to raise above the stuff that's going here? Lift up your head. Take that invitation. Take that, make that choice and say, yes, I lift up my head. But that's not all that happens because what follows then, and the king of glory shall come in. When you and I, and in the next time I'm planning on to preach, to talk about specific gates, how we can partner with him. But didn't Jesus say, when you pray, pray this way, uh, that thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven? How is it going to come to earth via heaven? Through the gate. And you and I. 
We are gates. We speak what is in heaven to bring it to earth. We see what is in heaven. We speak that and command it to be. We pray and we bring down that which is there to here. How do we do it? By lifting up and opening the gate and speaking, bringing that down here. But it's a choice. You can wallow in the pit and the mire and the muck, or you can choose to lift up your head, to start speaking and decreeing, even though you can't see it, even if it's so far away, you have a choice to believe. It takes just as much energy to lift up and call that than to look here and call everything that is going on here. Same energy that that we're expanding. So be lifted up and the king of glory shall come in. Man, can you... King of glory. That one who doesn't have to conceal, show anybody anything because he's God. When he comes through the gate, things change. And when you take this verse and you meditate upon this... Until you can see the king of glory coming through the circumstance that may seem impossible that you are facing right now. But you lift up and you declare and you decree and you see. You see in here, before you see here, the king of glory coming through. Do you know what's going to happen? The king's going to step in and he's going to come through. Because you have made the way. You chose to partner with him. Let's read further. Who is... This capital K, King of Glory. Man, Lazarus, come forth. There's the King. And you know why Jesus called him by name? Do you know why he said Lazarus? Because there were so many dead people there. If he just said, come forth, all of the dead would have been raised. He had to make sure only Lazarus came. Because when he speaks, when he speaks... When he speaks, what he speaks comes to pass. Really, you've been catching all night, you got nothing? Oh, shame. Just cast your net to the other side. Boat sinking, net breaking, just through what he speaks. So when we lift up our eyes and open the gates, the king of glory will come through and things will be changed. Who is this king of glory? The Lord. Strong and mighty. The Lord mighty in battle. There's so much happening in the earth today that people think is just so dark and so bad and so full of sin. Man, Jesus hasn't showed up yet. And the darker it gets and the worse it gets, it's just, he's, he's coming. He's coming. And when that king comes, no one will be able to stand and say, well, what is this? And he's going to come through you and I. You and I are the gates. And he's waiting for the gates to lift up their heads and to open so that he can come through, mighty and strong. Lift up your heads, O you gates. Lift up your everlasting doors, because you and I are never, ever going to stop having his presence enter through us. Even in heaven, we're going to be a door, and he's going to come through us, and he's going to come through us, because he's here, and he's going to come out. He's going to come out. That's never going to stop. It's just going to grow. And the king of glory shall come in. Who is this king of glory? The Lord of hosts. He is 
the King of Glory. Sila. Stop. Meditate. Think on that for a while. Don't go and have your sandwich now because you finished the psalm. Stop. Sila. Meditate on the King of Glory coming through. Meditate on you being that gate. Meditate on you saying, I receive this invitation. I say yes. I'm going to go deeper and deeper and deeper until that king of glory comes through me. Until these hands get placed on someone who doesn't have a limb and the king of glory comes through and there it's fixed. What are you doing? I'm a door. I'm bringing that which is there down to here as I was commanded. Have you done it yet? No, I haven't. It's not over yet. It's far from over. It's far from over. I may not be where I want to be, but I'm telling you I'm not where I used to be. Five years ago, if I look at where I am now, I'm telling you five years from now, I'm going to look back and say, wow, you knew very little. Because of His grace, because I say yes, because I choose to lift up my head and open the gate so that the King can come through. Okay, I want to do this now, and I, I don't like doing this, you know, where you ask people to stand and do this. Like, okay, here's an altar call. If you don't come to the front, you'll burn in hell forever. Come to the front and be saved. Everyone comes to the front. Why? Because they're fearful. They're scared out of their minds. Someone's sleeping. They see the guy next to them stand up. They just follow. Why are you here? I don't know. He went. I'm going. So I don't say, let's stand up and decree. If you don't want to do it, if you're not there yet, please don't do it. Don't feel obligated to stand and decree or because your neighbor is. This is between you and God. But if you, in your chair, want the king of glory to come through you, stand up. Let's start decreeing a couple of things. Okay, we're one body, okay? All of us together. If you want that king to come, now is the time to lift up your head. Now is the time to do what the psalmist said. Lift up your heads, O you gates. Open your mouth, open the gate. Let the king of glory come through. Let the king of glory, he mighty in battle, the host of heaven, let him come through. He's waiting for heaven to be manifest on earth and it's going to be done through us. Open your mouth. Start decreeing. Lord Jesus, yes. Peace. Lord Jesus, anointing, the heavenly anointing from the throne room of God. Be released here in Richmond in Jesus' name. The heavenly anointing for love released in my family. The heavenly anointing for healing released in the streets where we go. Let the King of glory come through. We open the gates. We say, thy will be done. Thy will be done here on earth as it is in heaven. Father, have your way. We say yes to your invitation. You are the king. You can conceal a matter, Lord. It's your glory. But we say, we look, Lord. We go into you and we bring down that which is for us right now in Jesus' name. We open our mouths. We open the gates and we say, King of glory, come through. Have your way. Use us. King of glory, come through. Change that which looks impossible. Change this nation, Lord, that they would beat with a heartbeat for the love of God and the things of God the laws and the ways of God. 
We pray we lift up this country in Jesus' name. We say, King of glory, come in. Have your way in this country. You love this country. You made this country. You gave this country as a light and a beacon to the world. Therefore, America, shine. Let your light so shine in Jesus' name that men would see your works, America, and glorify the Father. Open the gates. Open the gates. King of glory, come through. King of glory, come through. King of glory, come through. Have your way, Jesus. We say, just like you in the garden, not my will, but your will be done, Father. Not my will, but your will be done, Father. Any vision, any dream that I have that is not of you, take it away and place your will. Put your dreams and your visions on the inside of me. Thank you, Lord, that I change my thinking to the thinking of a king. I'm not a pauper. I'm a king and I'm a lord. And you are the king and the lord over me. Therefore, I will not lack. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. Lord, we open, we open, we open the gates. And we thank you that your word is true. And your word says that you will come through. There's not a maybe. There's not a if. There's no possibility. It says when we do this. You strong and mighty, the Lord of hosts, it says that you will come through. So we just praise you even right now. Your word says that when you pray, believe that you receive and you will have it. So we believe now that we see a change in this country. We believe now that we see politicians and people standing behind pulpits and people preaching the word, preach truth and anointing and power in Jesus' name. That they follow the laws and the ways of God. That the ways of God bring pleasure to this nation in Jesus' name. That righteous people would rule and reign so that it can be well with the people, Lord. We thank you for that, Lord. We receive it as we pray in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord, for families to be restored. Lord, children that are not serving you, children that have gone and left the house of God, we call them back in Jesus' name. And we say, come back to your original place. Come back to the only place that you will find peace. We pray for young children in homes, that they will hear the call of the Lord, that they will follow their destiny which God has created them for, that they will bring the Father glory. We pray for jobs, Lord, those of us that do not have work, that you would lead and guide us to our next assignment in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord, for your goodness. Thank you that you will come through. And even as we sang today, Lord, you are faithful, O God. And it's because of your faithfulness that we can pray this and that we can do this knowing that we receive. So we bless you this day. We thank you for this time. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for speaking to us. You're you're the teacher. You're the counselor. You're the guider. Thank you that our steps are ordered by you because we are righteous. Thank you that you call us by name and we hear you because we are your sheep. And we say that a stranger's voice we shall not follow. Thank you, Lord, that you have to just speak very, very silently because we are awake and we are attentive all the time to you and what you are saying to us because you are always speaking. So as your priests and as your kings, we come now and we bless you. We bless you. We honor you. We bring glory and praise and we decree, Lord, that you are the only one that is worthy. And as priests, we come and and raise up, Lord, a sacrifice unto you and say thank you. Thank you, Majesty. Thank you, our Master, Lord and Savior. 
God alone who is mighty, who deserves all the glory. Thank you for making us a priest, each and every one of us, and a king, so we can come into your presence and worship and adore you. We love you and we bless you. We say yes to this invitation once again. We say yes, Lord, have your way. There's no other way but your way. It's literally your way or the highway. We choose your way. There is no other way. So be blessed. And we pour our affection and our love and our trust and our honor and our love and everything that is good within us upon you, Lord. And we bless you this day. We thank you, Lord. Your word says that you will give your angels charge over us to carry us in their hands. That we do not dash our feet against the rock bring us back all safe next week once again that we can come in and worship and praise you and bring you glory and honor we love you we love you we love you we love you we thank you everything we ask and we pray we do in the precious name the name that's above every other name Jesus Christ prayer. We have counselors at the front here, people that would love to pray with and for you. Come to the front, please.